Good evening and welcome to this special edition of Africa in Focus. Myself, Kwame, a journalist, broadcaster, podcaster and entrepreneur. And in this week's edition of Africa in Focus, Not My King, Coronation of King Charles III, Not Our King, and why African people should not entertain uh, this man as being their king. All right, so before we get into today's uh, podcast, uh, just to make you aware that this podcast is being sponsored by Grow For Me Ghana. Grow For Me Ghana is a fantastic initiative that seeks to help Ghanaian farmers uh, with their produce and make Ghana food secure. So if you want to sponsor a Ghanaian father, a farmer and help Ghana become more food secure, then please uh, uh, go on the link which I'll leave at the footnote of the show, and you can uh, be a sponsor of a Ghanaian farmer on Grow For Me Ghana. Also, if you like the podcast, please share it with your friends, your family, uh, social media networks. Don't forget to subscribe on all these uh, podcast platforms. You can also follow me on, on Spotify. Spotify is by far uh, where we've got the most subscribers from. And so you can follow me on Spotify, meaning that if you uh, follow me, that means you get notification every time I upload a podcast uh, on Africa Strut Ghana in Focus. All right. So just look for Africa Strut Ghana in Focus on the Spotify podcast and click on follow me and ensuring that you can get notification of every time I upload a podcast. All right, and uh, at the moment we've got 200 and uh, I believe it's 60 odd followers on uh, Spotify. Let's try to make it 300 by the end of uh, May. So the target was by the end of April. Unfortunately, we didn't reach a target. So let's try to get 300 followers by the end of May. All right, so like I said, tell your friends, family, what have you. All right, so let's get into today's podcast looking at the coronation of King Charles III and why, for us as African people, he is not our king. All right, so uh, in Britain today, uh, King Charles III was crowned as the new monarch of England and also of the Commonwealth uh, nations. And uh, this is a remnant of the, or before I get into the remnant, uh, by, by the way how, you know, Britain particularly the British media, has propagated this coronation to the world, it seems like everyone in Britain uh, is in support of the monarchy, and you, you saw all the uh, stage, the waving of the Union Jack, and people on the Mall uh, um, and the near Buckingham Palace, you know, cheering and waving as if, you know, everyone in Britain, you know, was a, a, a royalist. But the reality is that, you know, um, there are many people in Britain who are not royalist. Look, even Scotland, whereby they want their independence from the UK, because Scotland, as a country, does does not feel that it wants to be part of the UK. It feels that it would be better off as an independent country. You look at Northern Ireland. You know, uh, the Irish Republic is claiming uh, Northern Ireland because Northern Ireland, before British colonial rule in Ireland, Northern Ireland was a part of the Irish Republic. Yeah, and Nature will, will take its turn, and one day there'll be United Ireland, 
and Northern Ireland will no longer be part of Britain. Okay? So even within the islands of this country, the UK, there are many people who are not royalist. And we also saw, as a result of that, many protests in London uh, by many white people, Caucasian people, who are saying that not my king in not my name. Yeah? Because they are anti the monarchy and anti the royal family. Because of this um, family's history, particularly with colonialism and as far as African people are concerned, enslavement of African people, which I will come on to later in this podcast. All right? So like I said, you know, a few hours ago, uh, King Charles was crowned uh, king. And like I said, it's king of the circle Commonwealth, which is a remnant of the enslavement of African people, where Britain played a pivotal role in the enslavement of African people. And again, I'll leave the foot, I'll leave some links where you can do your own research to look at how Britain became the prime European country that benefited from the enslavement of African people, particularly African men, women, and children. Yeah, between 16 well, between 1555 and 1839, when the segment of African people was finally abolished from the British Empire, as it was known then, colonies. And so the Commonwealth of Nations, of which there are about 50 or 60, but directly there are 15, well, there were 15 until Barbados decided to become a republic. Now there are 14 countries of which uh, King Charles is the head of state. And they include countries like Jamaica, St. Kitts, uh, Montserrat, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada, amongst others. And so uh, he is now king and has taken his mother's place. His mother was Queen Elizabeth II, who died uh, September last year and has now inherited that vast wealth of over a billion uh, pounds sterling. Uh, which are the proceeds or the afterlay of the intergeneral wealth that was gotten by the royal family as a result of the enslavement of African people. And as I mentioned before, in another podcast, uh, Queen Elizabeth I, she was the one that started initially the royal family's connection with the enslavement of African people by bankrolling a English merchant called John Hawkins to go to Africa on a ship, ironically called Jesus, to capture Africans and bring back to England. So successful was that voyage by John Hawkins that when he came back to England, Queen Elizabeth I made him a sir, a knight of the realm. Yeah, so she gave him a knighthood, signifying the work that he did. And that started the royal family's involvement in the enslavement of African people. Now, King Charles III, he did, his predecessor was King Charles II. And he, King Charles II, was instrumental in the formation of the company that later became known as the Royal Africa Company. And that had a monopoly on the buying, selling, and trafficking of African people during the enslavement of African people. Yeah. So again, if you don't believe me, I'll leave the links that prove that the royal family made their money 
from enslaving African people. And you can use my links to do your own research as well. Yeah? So given this, given this backdrop into the history of uh, the royal family and also King Charles III and his ancestor, King Charles II, and his ancestor, Queen Elizabeth II and Queen Elizabeth III, the first, why should we as African people have, have this person as our king? Yeah? This is why I say not in my name. You are not my king. I do not regard you as my king. As African people, we have our own kings and queens. That date back even before ancient Egypt. Yes, and for you uh, fake Egyptians out there, right, who criticize uh, Netflix for Cleopatra being uh, played by a black woman, Cleopatra was mixed race. She wasn't Arab and she definitely wasn't white. And and that and that Cleopatra that was um that that has been put in the Netflix um documentary was actually the last Cleopatra who governed Egypt in 30 BC. So that's 30 years before Christ was born. But in actual fact there were nine Cleopatras, yeah? All of who were black like this of spades. Or had versions of black like the of space. And this one, who married Julius Caesar and Mark Antony was tossing over her, she was mixed heritage, mixed race. So she was not Arab and she was not, um, you know, uh, European. So why you fake Egyptians are, you know, trying to pour your anti-African scourge over her is quite frankly ridiculous. But like I said, we had our kings and queens long before Europe had their kings and queens. In actual fact, Ethiopia had the longest, you know, monarchy in the world, yeah? Because even Haile Selassie, okay, and Haile Selassie was one of the great kings and kings of kings, particularly of Africa. He is the descendant of King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba, so-called Queen of Sheba, yeah? Showing you and us the Africa had a royalty long, long before there was any European uh, so-called royalty and lineage. Yeah? So, this is why I say we as African people, we have our own kings and queens, which we should be proud of, which we should uh, revere and honour. Not this King Charles III, who was, who was a descendant of somebody whose money was made by the enslavement buying and sent of African people. And so this is why we as African people should not entertain this notion of king. King king of what? King of a, a commonwealth of nations that was founded on, on enslavement of African people? Hell no. And so this is why for us as African people, this coronation should not mean anything to us. And it is a shame that those Africans who don't know the history were in London, singing and dancing like idiots, you know, during this coronation. And obviously there'll be street parties in, in the UK over the next two days to celebrate, in quote, uh, King Charles III accession to the UK monarchy, UK throne. Okay? But like I said, those black people who partake in that are very, very mistaken and also they, they lack knowledge of their history and more importantly, lack knowledge of self. Because if you 
as an African or black person, if you understood your true history, not the history that's been given to you by your white man, right? If you understand your, your true history, you would not entertain this this um ritual of King Charles III being uh, crowned in Westminster Abbey today uh, in the UK. In actual fact, what you saw that 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 ritual was actual. That's what it was, a ritual, yeah. And a lot of these Freemasonry that I don't want to go, haven't got time to go into right now. But a lot of that, what you saw today, was a lot of free or Masonic uh, rituals that went on, yeah. And also, you know, when we look at the ceremony itself, the pomp, yeah, and the pageantry of that ceremony, yeah, and also the crown that was given to King Charles and his Queen Camilla, yeah, was made from African diamonds and gold. And, and some of the old sapphire came from India. But the bulk of that crown was stolen from African diamonds, African Jews, particularly in South Africa. Yeah, and again, I'll leave you the link showing you how that crown that King Charles wears today was stolen from South Africa. Part of that crown was stolen from South Africa. Yeah, and that's why, like I said, we Africans, this man is not our king, not my king, because he, he represents a family, yeah, that made their money, their, their ill-gotten wealth, their stolen wealth, out of the pimping and looting of African people and the content of Africa. And this is why we should have no part in it. Yeah, so the gold carriage again, the gold carriage that you saw, that uh, brought him to the Abbey and that took him back to Buckingham Palace again. That gold carriage was solid gold carriage. I think something like 200 carats, yeah? Made from African gold. Gold that this country, that the monarchy stole from Africa. And you want us as African people to to sort of, uh, you know, uh, agree with this sham, this coronation, and this king in our name? That would be an insult to our ancestors who are murdered, who are trafficked by, you know, the likes of the Royal African Company, which was headed by King Charles II. And again, I'll leave the link of the Royal African Company to show you how deeply involved that they were in the enslavement of African people for you to do your home research. Okay? So... You know, like I said, the pomp and ceremony and the pageantry that you saw uh, at this, you know, coronation ritual, again, was predicated on African wealth, stolen, looted African wealth. Yeah? So this is even more so why this is not in my name. He is not my king. As African person, he is not my king. As African people, he is not your king. And for me, his ascension to the throne is going to symbolize the downfall of the Commonwealth. Because, country, but like we mentioned already, Barbados has already left the Commonwealth. Jamaica, which was once the jewel in the crown of the British Empire, Jamaica now has called a referendum. That's going to be held later this year or next year. Yeah, to vote on whether to leave the Commonwealth and, and, and be a republic or to stay 
in the Commonwealth of Nations. And we all saw last year when um, Prince William who is and his wife, who, who are now the Prince and Princess of Wales, when they went to Jamaica last year on a supposed visit, okay, during uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth II's 70th reign of the monarch, we saw the reaction in Jamaica and other parts of the Caribbean, where parts of the royal family went to, where they where where they show their disregard or they, they showed their disdain for the royal family. And so Jamaica, for me, is going to lead the way when they have this referendum and many Jamaicans will, will vote to leave the Commonwealth and be Republic. That will signal for me the death knell of this so-called Commonwealth nations or states that we have today of which Prince, uh, King Charles now the third is head of state of 14 of these countries, right? Because when Jamaica goes, you know, a lot of the other countries will see the, the example that Jamaica has set and they will also think of having their own referendums as to whether or not uh, to be part of the Commonwealth or to go alone and be a republic. And so for me, like I said, uh, in, in closing, you know, no African person in their right mind should entertain the idea that this King Charles is your king. No, not my king. Even his own family is anti-black. Look how they treated, look, you know, look how they treated um Meghan Markle. So if you King Charles, you can't even have empathy for your daughter-in-law, Meghan Markle, who married your son, Prince Harry. Then how the hell are you going to have empathy with black people, African people around the world? And yet, he says he's going to be king for all. And yet, he wants us to swear an allegiance to him. No, no, no my allegiance as African is to Otunfu, right? And to my ancestors and to my maker. Not no white man called Prince Charles. All right? And if Prince Charles is, is serious, he would open the way, pave the way, to start to pay reparations for his family's role in the assembly of African people. And again, one, one good thing that is done, give him credit, one good thing that is done, but it's only a step in a long direction. What King Charles III has done is now to uh, agree that a study should be made on his family's links to the enslavement of African people. And again, I will leave that link in the footnotes to this podcast. Now that study uh, is going to take, take three years and that will finish, conclude its research and investigations into the Royal Family's links with the enslavement of African people in 2026. And for me, one of the, one of the or the only recommendation that should come out of that report, because we all know, and like I said, I'll, I'll leave the link of how the royal family made their money by sending African people. For me, one of the main conclusions of that study should be to pay reparations to the descendants of those who were enslaved by the royal family and, this, and the UK. Because many of you don't know that in the UK, more than 40,000 white British families, English, Scottish, Irish, Welsh families, 
were compensated between 1807 and 1839 when slavery or enslavement was finally abolished in the British Empire. In actual fact, the British state used 40% of its budget at the time to pay compensation or reparations to the likes of the royal family for so-called loss of earnings because we were viewed as Africans, we were viewed as property and not human beings. And back then, that sum was around 20 million pounds sterling. In today's money, more than 20 billion pounds. But yet nothing was paid to the descendants of those enslaved African people. And actual fact, and this is what, something that most of you are not aware of, British taxpayers, including those who have the audacity to say this country should, should, must not pay reparations, you white people, you, your taxes, up until 2015, your taxes were used to pay reparations to those slave owners like the royal family and others. Yeah, that ended in 2015 when the last compensation for the loss of uh, 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 earnings to the enslavers was paid by the British state. Making all the more reason not my king because Prince Charles has not formally apologized. Now King Charles III has not formally apologized for this country's role and his family's role in the enslavement of African people, fine words don't mean nothing. A, 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 a benign um, statement of regret is nothing because that does not admit acknowledgement. Furthermore, that does not admit guilt of what was done to African people. And so we end by saying, not my king, not in my name, as African people, we should not entertain this King Charles III in our conversation unless they are prepared to pay reparations for the limit of African people for the ill-gotten wealth that the royal family enjoys to this day. And so uh, I thank you for listening to this special edition of Africa in Focus with myself, Kwame, a historian, broadcaster, writer, and podcaster. Again, if you like the show, please uh, tell, spread the word to your family, your friends, and your social media networks. Also, follow me on Spotify Podcasts. Look out for the Ghana Stoke Africa in Focus podcast. Follow me, meaning that every time I upload a new podcast, automatically comes to your feed. All right? And you can also donate to the show to help us uh, produce more great content from Africa and from Ghana. And so thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next edition of Africa in Focus.